0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Imaginal Space podcast. My name is Catherine Perry, and I'm so excited that you are sharing space with me and everybody else that is listening on their own time for today's waning moon. The moon has been waning for a little bit now, and I'm still kind of playing around with, you know, recording during the moon phases and seeing, you know, what comes through. Um, so if you're new thank you for joining and also if you've listened before thank you so much for choosing to share space again. So during every episode of the Imaginal Space podcast I do an aura reading of the current aura and or sometimes it's a dream sometimes it's you know a specific question or a relationship it could be anything. Um, And I'm really enjoying this format. And what I like to do before we begin is just take a couple of deep breaths and then I invite everyone to set their intention, you know, whatever it is that you want to call in, whatever it is that you want to release, you know, whomever or whatever it is that you want to share space with. That's what this time is for. So if you want to join me, I'm just going to close my eyes, take a couple of deep breaths and then we will get started. All right. Perfect. So and also, if you ever need more time, feel free to just pause because I take like, I don't know, five deep breaths and that might not be enough time for you. All right. So let's get started with the aura reading for the waning moon. So we have every aura reading that I do on this podcast has six cards, six archetypes. So we are going to start with agape. And for a little bit of background, that is an initiation card. I Usually you can tell it's an initiation card if it has like not necessarily like a third dimensional correlation. So there are cards in this deck like the river and the forest where you can, you know, go. You've seen a river and a forest before. The initiation cards are a little bit more intangible. So agape means unconditional love. Um, I believe there is like a, I think it is actually like a Christian term, just so you know, though. I'm only, I'm using it in context. Anytime I talk about any archetype, it's not like researched information. It's all downloaded information. It's not based on, you know, whatever other definitions are out there, you know, no matter what it is. So just keep that in mind if you've heard of this term before. But I think it's actually pretty similar Um, but yes, agape stands for unconditional love. And this is one of my, I feel like I say this about every single card. And I feel like I say that a lot too. Um, this is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite cards because this, like many, they're all of the initiation cards. I mean, all the cards hold a lot of energy, a lot of wisdom, a lot of love in them. Um, but this one, I think I have such a special relationship to it just because it's, one of my more challenging learning curve cards. So this card calls into question what is at the center of your life's practice. You know, and you could think of that in terms of for me, whenever um this card comes up, I'm constantly reevaluating, you know, what is at the center of my healing practice. Or, and again, you can say your life's practice or even I love uh This just came through your love's practice, you know, the way that you love, you know, it's like, what are you honoring? You know, what are you kind of, what are you devoting your love and attention to? You know, what is at the center of your life? And then to take it a step further, you know, so, okay, take a second to answer that question. You know, what is at the center of your life's practice? What is at the center of your healing practice? You know, what are you constantly devoting your love and attention to every single day, you know? And for me, I am always paying attention to, you know, what it is that I'm thinking about every single day, you know, what takes up, you know, the most of my mind space, what takes up the most of my energy. So something like that. So just take a second and then, you know, bring that into your mind and into your awareness, you know, what is at the center Okay. again, if you need more time, just like pause it. But now that you have that in mind, Agape asks you to. So it's kind of like a twofold thing, you know, bring into your awareness what is really important to you, what it is that you put all of your energy, all of your love into. And then it asks you to do something else. So take that thing and now imagine what if you replaced it and instead put love, God, source, spirit. All of those are synonymous to me. What if you put that at the center instead? So if you want to take a pause. You know. You want to take a moment to kind of imagine. You know. What would that look like? What would that feel like? You know. What would. Yeah. What would that look like? You know. In your daily life. How would your daily life change? How would your relations change? How would your. I meant to say relationships. How would your relationships change? How would your daily interactions change? You know. What would change in your life. If you just put. God at the center of your practice and what just came through for me about that is that not I think there's like a misconception about how you know what that would look like so I think people think that means that they have to be like meditating or praying you know like every single day and they have to like I don't know, move to Nepal or to Bali or I don't know, some other place like that, you know, some like, quote unquote, like really, really spiritual place. Um, And then just devote their life to God in one, you know, in that way. And that is one way of doing it. But there are what I'm currently exploring right now is how you can put God at the center of your practice. You can put source, you can put spirit, you can put the universe, you can put creation, you know, or also if none of that is for you, because I like to cover both sides because it's very, very interesting, you know, like all of those concepts like. I don't even know if we have to go into this, but um, people get so, you know, like tense, you know, whenever they hear the word God or like source or spirit, sometimes if they're just like not about it. And what's interesting to me is, you know, in the same way that light doesn't exist without shadow and, you know, good doesn't exist without bad and like, oh, well, whatever else, um, other opposites just don't exist without each other. Um, believing in God, believing in source, believing in spirit actually doesn't exist without not believing in it. And if you want to know a little bit more about that, because I articulate it really, really well on my website can just go check that out at the imaginalspace.com and it's under the about folder and it's a page titled love's beginning about how forms are inherently you know inseparate and that I've always found that very very fascinating um but yeah back to agape so yeah this card calls into question you know what would your life look like if you were to put God's source, spirit creation at the center of your practice, and if those words are not for you, like I said, I'd like to cover both sides because I think it's equally important. What would it be like if you just put love or, you know, your most loving self forward and, you know, put, you know, giving and spreading love at the center of your practice, you know, so however it is that you want to phrase it, whatever it is, you know, feels like the highest form of love to you. That's what this card is. You know, it's not anything, like I said, agape is unconditional love. So there are certain things mean unconditional love to certain people. God means unconditional love to a lot of people, creation, source, your higher self. That means unconditional love to a lot of people, the universe. And then, you know, again, like you could just say unconditional love, you know, how do you put unconditional love at the center of your practice? And Agape has been coming up in my aura a lot lately because I'm, that's just, that's all I'm thinking about. You know, there was just one kind of threshold moment and the threshold is actually in here. I feel like I talk about the threshold a lot and then it's not actually in the aura, but today it is. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but there was a turning point in my life where I don't know what it was. I I don't even know how, but. God was all I could think about literally every single day. And it hasn't stopped since. So that's what this card is. And we're going to talk more about it later. But that's, you know, where we're going to start. And since I talked about the threshold, I want to go over there. So the threshold has given me similar downloads, you know, you know, similar to Agape in the sense that the threshold is basically, how can you love deeper? Those are the downloads that have been coming through for the threshold lately. So how can you love deeper? How can you, and that's a message within agape as well. Uh, so we, I guess we can just talk about both of them, um, kind of in this similar vein of how can I love deeper? How can I stretch? And this is more agape, you know, my capacity to love and serve beyond what I am used to. So the threshold the threshold is not an initiation card, but I think why these two go together really well is because it is, it's not an initiation card, but it is, its story is about initiation and cost, you know, crossing through new thresholds, new doorways, and kind of it's leaving behind, you know, we all go through so many periods of transformation, and that's kind of what this card is. It's kind of like when, and I went through this a lot. Within the past couple of years, it's when you think that you have kind of settled, you know, and you've gotten comfortable in like a version of yourself and you think, oh, this is me and it's so well formed and you can understand it. And then the threshold comes in and it's just like, okay, now you can go deeper or you can, you're kind of like stepping into the next version of yourself. And the threshold is kind of that in between space of the old, you know, you that you thought you were. And then, you know, you're kind of in between. So it's a very liminal space. It's a liminal card in nature. And then there's the new, you know, that you're not, you haven't yet stepped into, but you kind of know is coming. So you're in between. You're in between, you know, the you that you thought you were and the you that you kind of know is coming, but you haven't fully stepped into yet. That's the energy of the threshold. And the energy of the threshold plus the energy of agape for me, I love that combination because it's all about like, how can I, you know, I thought it's kind of like, okay, if you thought, you know, God's or spirit was at the center of your practice before the threshold is like, okay, just like buckle up and get ready because you can go even deeper with that. And that's what I love about agape unconditional love is because anytime that you think, you know, that you're, You're loving, you know, at this level and you're like, this is the highest level I could go to. Like if there were like possibly even a way to measure this, like a scale of one to 10. And you think like an eight is the maximum that you could ever love. You're like, I'm giving like all of my love into everything that I do. Like I'm putting, you know, source at the center of everything that I do. And that's that. Unconditional love means unconditional without conditions without limits so there's always a way to go deeper and that's what the threshold is pointing to in this spread and then I'm looking right now the vision is sticking out to me because it's like how do we go deeper you know because I think that there's so all of these archetypes are beautiful in theory and you know energetically and sometimes there is like an intangibility to them but this I think gives more of like a concrete step you know how do you cross over those thresholds how do you love even deeper and it's by following the vision so the vision card is the card of you know imagine okay imagine that when we're born you know we're all born with like a unique multi-dimensional quantum vision so it's not necessarily like you know there's a lot of conversation now which I'm really really happy about that things like the vision, it's not necessarily purpose, by the way, but I'm just using purpose as an example. People used to think that purpose was like, um, I'm going to build like a thousand houses in like X, Y, Z country, or I'm going to become a lawyer or um, I'm, you know, going to be a parent, you know, very third dimensional, like very linear Um, purposes and that's not what this card is what it points to is and this is where it's like it's because it's not linear it's like it's so interesting to even put into words the vision is something it's an energy that continues to guide you you know so it's very it is multidimensional in that respect so it's not necessarily about getting somewhere Um, but the vision as an archetype is like your guide. It's when you feel, it's what fuels you. It's what makes you feel super energized. It's what makes you feel very, very inspired. And so paying attention, you know, to when you're receiving a lot of energy, you feel inspired, you're like, you feel that kind of like that creativity, that creativity, that love that never runs out. That's the vision. And the vision does have like a third dimensional story. So for me, the vision, surprise, surprise, is t- tied into, you know, a lot of like speaking, sharing my vision, you know, sharing my self-expression, you know, stuff like that, you know, put into the most simple, simple words. And I feel it, you know, I feel whenever I'm connected to the archetype and that's kind of what guides me to do certain things, if that makes sense. So the vision isn't just like, a, OK, like, let me check out this box and then vision accomplished. No, it's it's more of a. It's a feeling of alignment. It's a feeling of connectedness, you know, to yourself and to the love within yourself. I love that, actually. So for the vision, the vision and agape together, the vision is being connected to the God within you, to the source within you, to the creation within you, or just, you know, to the love within you. Again, all equivalent. Um, It's being connected to that unconditional Unconditional love is like the greatest energy source that there possibly like ever is, you know? So imagine if like agape for a second is kind of like the battery pack for the vision, you know, that's what fuels the vision. That's what keeps it going. So again, the vision is just connecting to that source, you know, it's that third dimensional or not third dimensional, but multidimensional quantum story of how you can connect to you know, the unconditional love within yourself and allow that to fuel you, you know? And I love, again, that's why I love these cards together because it pour, it points to this, you know, very sacred, you know, delicate dance where, you know, you know that you're being guided by the vision if you feel energized and fueled by love. And the beautiful, again, the beautiful part about the vision, you know, I compared it to like a battery pack. Um, You have to replace batteries. You have to change batteries. Agape is like the one battery that doesn't die. You know, you never have to charge it. You never have to worry about replacing it. It's just there. You know, so when you're tapped into the vision, you're also tapped into agape because the vision is being, again, tapped into the unconditional love, the God, the source, the creation within yourself. All right. So, so far we have talked about agape, the vision and the threshold. Let's move on to the pilgrim. So, what I'm noticing about this aura already is that it has a lot to do with reevaluating how it is that you move throughout the world. So, the pilgrim. And actually, okay, I think we're, I am have a feeling we're going to talk about the pilgrim and the underworld in conjunction. So just know that the underworld is also there kind of like waiting in the wings. So the pilgrim points to that concept of, you know, whatever it is, however it is that you're moving in your external world is connected to your internal world. So The journeys in which you go on to explore yourself, to know yourself, you know, whatever internal journeys that you have, that is connected and reflected to your external journeys as well, which I believe goes really, really well with agape and the vision. Because the agape and the vision, and also the threshold, that has to do with moving through this world in such a way where you're always trying to love deeper, you know, you're following the vision you're following the unconditional love. Like those are all ways of just moving through the world that aren't again, that aren't necessarily, you know, very, very linear, you know? So it's kind of like, this is the aura of non linear movement and exploration because the pilgrim also fits that theme really, really well. So does the underworld. Um, But yeah, the pilgrim is if you've ever heard that phrase that, you know, your internal reality creates your external reality and your external reality is a reflection of your internal reality, that's the pilgrim. And if you pay attention to so as you kind of move with agape in the threshold and oh, I love this so much. So as we move you know, deeper and deeper into different forms of unconditional love, you know, love again, the throat, the threshold and agape loving deeper than we could have possibly imagined that ties in the pil- ties into the pilgrim so well in terms of, you know, it's kind of like, okay, the threshold, the, the threshold, the vision and agape, that's kind of like the, the internal piece, you know, So as you're moving deeper in the ways in which you love, as you are, you know, becoming more and more devoted to your vision, as you are becoming more and more devoted to the unconditional love within you, your external reality is changing. Okay, so and that's not necessarily in like a new agey manifestation way, because I don't know too, too much about that because I haven't been paying attention to that. But it's more for me, it's more about perspective and relationships, which is where the underworld comes in. So the underworld is the perspective card. It I've talked about the underworld before, like many, many times, actually, in this podcast. And it's probably because, you know, these cards are pulled in real time. And if they aren't, I'll say otherwise, Um, But repeating cards, you know, within the aura, whenever I do a reading, that's just kind of like the energy that's happening right now and usually has something to do with like a period in time. So if the underworld is coming through, you know, repeatedly in different auras, then we're just going through like what you would say or what I would say, like an underworld period, you know, or I would say within the past month or so, agape the threshold, and the vision. Those have been coming through a lot. You know, so what does that mean? That means, you know, really paying attention to how you are moving internally. You know, how you are exploring your spirit. So adding in the pilgrim a little bit, you know, to bring the four of those together and then later a little bit the underworld. But to bring agape, the vision, the pilgrim, and the threshold together, those all point to, a deeper exploration of your soul, a deeper exploration of your spirit, a deeper exploration of the love within you. And then again, the pilgrim is the inside, you know, the microcosm macrocosm. So internal, external, you know, and again, not in like a manifestation new agey way. Cause like I said, don't know too much about that, but in terms of the relationships that you create with the world and understanding perspective. So, Let's go. Let's look at the agape, the underworld, and the threshold for a moment, because I think that'll make everything make a lot more sense. So, like I said earlier, the threshold and agape is loving deeper. You know, ta- again, unconditional love, it's like a bottomless pit. Okay. <laughs> There's so many different ways to love, and that's what the underworld is. So, if we were to look, at this world in a dualistic nature. So we have, you know, I guess we could say like above ground and below ground. And then obviously, you know, below ground would be the underworld. And then that kind of speaks a lot to, you know, light and shadow. So in this example, you know, the shadows are in the underworld and then everything else is in the light, you know. The underworld is a beautiful combination with the threshold agape as well, because it speaks to, you know, dipping into the underworld, dipping into, you know, the shadows that we would prefer, you know, not to look at. Okay, Have any of you seen the movie Us? Okay? Jordan Peel, okay, Lupita. So I was obsessed with that movie when it came out. I saw it in theaters twice. You don't need to go see it in theaters twice to understand what I'm talking about, though. So basically, You know, it's there's two different realities. There's the one above ground, you know, where everything's normal, kind of like how, you know, we would think our world is, you know, just like normal people doing normal things. And then in the movie, there's like an underworld, too. You know, it's made of tunnels. And then there are like um, for every single person in the I guess what you could call the quote unquote normal world. There is a person in the underworld that looks exactly like them, but they like can't speak. And so from like more details, you can, you know, go watch the movie. I love it. I love, you know, talking about it with people and like seeing what they think about it. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all you need to know. Basically, uh, there's a normal world like ours. And then there's the underworld with like clones of like people um, or just like doubles um, of everybody else. Okay. And But the underworld in that movie and just, you know, in like mythology, literature, it's like the darker side of us. So this world in the movie is like very, it's very, very ugly. It's very shadowy, um, very disturbing. If you've ever seen any movies, um, any Jordan Peele films, it kind of fits into that Um, very much his vibe. But um, that's what the underworld is. Um, it's what we would prefer not to look at. Uh, oh, that's the better word. It's uncomfortable, you know? So I feel like in a lot of those films, um, I'm thinking of like us. Oh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Jeez, I can't even remember. Um, but in a lot of those films, it's just very, very uncomfortable to look at. And that's the energy of the underworld. So the underworld is kind of like a challenge, you know, can we look at whatever it is in the underworld? You know, because by the way, we're all connected to the underworld. And that's what I love about the movie Us is that instead of having like a bunch of like beings and spirits, you know, within that metaphorical underworld, it's them, you know, it's us, you know. So it's not like something totally unrelatable and totally intangible. No, for every single person, there in like the quote unquote normal reality There's a person that looks just like them and that is like tethered. They call them like the tethered, um, tethered to them and connected to them, you know? So it's in the underworld, it's like, it's the aspects of us that we would rather not look at. You know, people talk a lot about shadow work. Shadow work is like so mainstream and so popular now that you've definitely heard about it. Um, but again, agape underworld, the threshold it's the underworld is like an opportunity. To it's the physical, you know, more tangible opportunity, you know, when talking about the threshold and agape. Cause, like I said earlier, you know, a lot of these cards are very beautiful energetically, very, very beautiful in theory. But how can we, you know, apply them and use them, you know, to love more and love deeper? And the underworld says, take a look at me. And whatever is in the underworld, that's how you love more and love deeper. So, and that's very much like a perspective thing. So, for you, you know, whatever shadows you have, you know, whatever it is that you believe in the underworld, that's not the same, you know, for everybody, you know, what might be your shadow might be the light for somebody else and vice versa, which is what makes the underworld so interesting. Um, But yeah, that's where the underworld is in this spread. You know, whatever it is that you're just like, I don't want to look at that. Um, I don't want to deal with that. Or, Yeah, that's like not for me. Yeah, that's what you definitely need to be looking at. Um, And I've found that so, so helpful, especially in, you know, past months, like anything that um, I would and also this is like a little bit to do with, you know, quarantine, the pandemic, because I had a lot of time, you know, to myself, as you know, many, many people can probably understand. I had a lot of time to myself to like look at you know, those underworld aspects, those underworld expressions and, you know, say, hmm, you know, what it like anytime something would come up, because like I said, spend a lot of time by myself and you know what, there's only so much Netflix and Hulu and then Disney plus came later. Um, But I don't really use Disney plus, but there's only so many, you know, like Netflix shows that you can watch before you're like, this is enough. And you're kind of just, you know, and This was more in the thick of quarantine, but you're kind of just like sitting there like "Mm." and then, you know, random things pop in and you're like, I don't want to deal with that today. And then there came a point where I was like, no, we're going to deal with this and we're going to lean in, you know, so the underworld is also the card of leaning in to whatever scares you. So when you dip into the underworld, you know, you're kind of looking around, you're kind of uncomfortable, you know, maybe but it's not its not as like spooky as you think it would. I think the best way to describe the underworld is uncomfortable. In other, you know, movies, literature, mythology, you know, that's like the scary place where all of the monsters are. And I would say it's just, it's what needs your most love and attention is what's in the underworld. Like I said, it can be uncomfortable, you know, to look at, you know, it's the underworld for the reason, for a reason. You know, we have this above world, you know the light that we're very comfortable with that we can look at and like we're like it's all sunny and warm and then in the underworld it's kind of like darker or colder and just more uncomfortable you know so getting comfortable in the underworld is what draws is what gives you power for the threshold and agape you know because the more you can go into the underworld and you know the more comfortable that you can be the more you can love beyond you know, the capacity that you thought was possible. And that ties back into the pilgrim, you know, the macrocosm. You know, this, again, the vision, agape, the threshold, and the underworld are all very internal journeys. You know, there's no that I know of, like digging, <laughs> there's no opportunity for you to like dig underground, you know, as far as I know, and, you know, actually physically you know, in like a very third dimensional linear sense, you know, go into the underworld. So the vision, agape, the underworld and threshold, those all point to the macrocosm journey and like paying attention to the macrocosm and how that ties into the macrocosm journey. So the external, you know, how are you relating to other people? You know, how, you know, how are you able to love more in your relationships? you know, what is it that you are able to create as a result? That's the pilgrim. And I actually really, really like that in terms of the pilgrim, because like I said twice now, um, the pilgrim is a little bit different than like your typical, like, you know, whatever happens inside of you is how you create is how you manifest. And I think those are all like nice. Um, But the Pilgrim and the macrocosm, I just, I love it a lot more in terms of, you know, the ability for you to love and to serve, you know, whatever your threshold for agape is, is reflected in everything that you create everywhere else. And it's not necessarily, it has nothing to do with things. It's more to do about relationship. But that, honestly, that's just my perspective because I am obsessed with relationship. I love looking at relationship um you know whether it's with people family members romantic relationship or you know the unseen realms i love looking at you know relationship developing relationship and that's what the auras are for you know so of course i think of it in that way the last card we have is the hunter and so let me preface this by saying that there are as i've developed relationships with these cards okay so I've probably said this before, but these cards are multidimensional. These cards are quantum. So that, to me, means that they are able to hold infinite interpretations at the same time. And you can tap into any interpretation of any card, which is what makes them so cool. So basically, you know, the with the hunter, for example, this archetype, if I have this deck, which I do, I don't know why I said if. So I have this deck, and if you have it, if you have it. We, if we just channel and we don't necessarily read the same book or if we don't, basically, if we don't draw our conclusions from like a guidebook or something, we are going to come up with two totally different definitions. And that's like the, that's the quantum multidimensional nature of the cards. You know, they can hold all interpretations. And that's one of my favorite part about the archetypes is that they're not like, You know, there's, so what. uh, that's what I (laughs) I was like, that's kind of interesting. So what's interesting about the archetypes and one of the ways in which I think that can be such a deep teacher is we can interpret the energy of the archetypes in any way, shape or form, and they don't like have, they don't get any sort of type of way about it, you know? So we are all, like the archetypes, we are all quantum multidimensional beings in that Anyone at any point at any time could read your energy in any way, you know, and that's, you know, that's called like perspective. And that's what language is, you know. So if I met you, I would have a perspective of you. You would have a perspective of me. And then our family members would have perspectives. And like that is part of, you know, those are all like dimensions, you know. So for every single perspective. That's just another dimension. So your perspective of me, that's one dimension. My dad's perspective of me, that's another dimension. And so suddenly we're all multidimensional beings. And uh, we might not like, you know, the perspectives that other people have of us. But the archetypes don't care. And that's what I was getting at. I always thought that was like a funny, you know, way of looking at the archetypes because I was like, you know, I could interpret these anyway. Somebody else could interpret these anyway. So which one is kind of like true? And the there is no truth to it. It's just like whatever needs to come through, that lens will come through for you at that time. And the archetypes don't like get like emotional about it. They're not like, oh, I can't believe you think this of me. You know, like that would be like a very, very human reaction. No, you know, the archetypes are big enough in energy to hold space for all different interpretations. So why am I saying that to you? Because my interpretation of the hunter is probably going to be vastly like they're all like really different, but like they might seem a little bit off because it actually represents one of my animal allies, Stork. So and for a while when um what I love to do is like it, I love learning about the archetypal translation of my guides, my animal allies, my plant allies. And there's like a whole way to do that, um, which I can talk about another time. Um, it's actually very simple, but it's, uh, it's very, very cool. Um, but the main card for stork is the hunter. And for a while, actually, I didn't really understand that and didn't understand how to reconcile the story of the hunter and stork and, you know, how that would fit, um, But this is like a good, I'm just telling you this because it's like a good example of, you know, how you can build, you know, you don't just have to, anytime you pick up a deck or anytime you pick up any sort of tool, number one, I would just throw away the book, you know, just to see what comes through, but you can build on it. You know, you can add more dimensions, you can add more layers onto your interpretation and that just makes it more fun and a little bit more personal and allows you to fine tune your wisdom in that way. So for me, Hunter is connected deeply to Stork. And what that taught me about the Hunter, because the Hunter was a card that I also, when I saw it, I was like, mm, I don't really know if I get you, but we'll see what happens. Um, the Hunter is another movement card. You know, it's a it's a way of moving about the earth and with life with respect. So the hunter, whenever I thought, whenever I saw the hunter, I thought of um I think it's like the goddess Diana. I think she she has something to do with the moon. Um, but there so I took Latin like all the way back in like middle school and high school. And I believe there was a story about her and like she was like the great hunter warrior. And you know, whenever she would like hunt or like kill an animal or something You know, she would like go to it, like say some words or like something like that. There was like some story that stuck out. You know, when you have those like vague memories from like when you're a kid that like stand out in your mind, but you're like, I don't really know if I have that completely right because every time you access a memory, I think it changes a little bit. Um, But that's what it reminds me. Basically, whether or not that's like the goddess Diana or like if I have that whole mythological story correct, um, it reminds me of the time, you know, when we communed with nature and animals and when, you know, well, reminds me (laughs) I wasn't really there, so I don't really know. Um, But it reminds me of those stories that told of a time where we would have, you know, respect for more of a respect for life and more of a respect for just the body and physicality. And so whenever, you know, anyone hunted an animal, it wasn't out of like, it was, it was out of necessity. It was out of necessity. So it was to like feed a family, um, to keep them, you know, nourished. And they honored how in that way, their life was connected to the animals, you know? So they honored the animal's life and its death and there's like a whole ritual ceremony thing, But they didn't just kill it and then just like, oh, here's dinner, you know, and just like forget it. It's like they honored the fact that like the animal gave its life to give them life. And that's the story that always pops into my mind, you know, with the hunter. And so in terms of stork, so stork is the the way that I learned it is the symbol of like new birth, rebirth. And stork also. um, from the way that I understand Stork has a lot to do with uh, two other archetypes, which are actually the underworld and death. So there's like a lot of like underworld, you know, darkness, shadows, death, you know, death, rebirth, that kind of energy associated with Stork. And I love that because it kind of shows how we're all connected within the cycle of death and birth. Um So and like how our lives are connected in like a very physical way. So in this example, um, like I said earlier about the story of the animal, the animal gave its life so that person could have life. And that's kind of the story of the hunter. And again, that's also similar to the story of Stork, you know, honoring that cycle of life, honoring that cycle of death and honoring our physicality in that way. So you may be wondering Literally, what does that have to do with anything else in this entire spread? Well, I'm going to tell you. Um, So in the same way that we have that cycle of life, you know, feeding and like giving to other life, guess what? That's kind of like agape. So I think that's a beautiful reminder of, you know, remembering that the deeper you are able to love, the more it is that you are able to give, you know, and that your love is feeding somebody else, you know, so that they can give more. So, and the underworld—I don't know why the word sacrifice just came through because the underworld, you know, what it is. Oh, I oh, I like that actually. It was like sacrifice. Sacrificing what? Um, the underworld is kind of like a sacrifice in perspective, you know. So, the underworld is not an initiation, but then just in terms of the underworld and the threshold, it's it is kind of like a threshold you cross. And you have to be willing in order to really, you know, integrate and understand, you know, what's in the underworld, you have to sacrifice your own perspective. So again, the underworld is all about going in, you know, reclaiming, integrating, you know, whatever it is that you previously rejected. That's what's in the underworld and that's what you need to go in there and, you know, work with. But that is a sacrifice in itself in terms of just again, it's also kind of tied into the threshold. The threshold is about letting go of the you that you thought was so well formed. And that's like that now that's in the past. And now you're kind of in this liminal space. I feel like the underworld's kind of like a liminal space too, you know? So, and those two go really, really well together. So we have you before you go into the underworld. And then we have you in the underworld. The underworld is kind of like a liminal space. And then we have the you that's going to come out of the underworld. You know, you reclaimed a piece of yourself. You've integrated that piece. The underworld, however, is that liminal space in which you have a choice, you know, to kind of make that sacrifice. It's kind of like a part of you, kind of like in the threshold and the hunter needs to die, you know? And so the underworld, the threshold and the hunter is, you know, there it actually, it, it kind of splits off into two different branches, which is interesting. So there's the part of you that needs to die so something else can be born. So that's the hunter, kind of, if we're going to split off. So imagine, like, there's, like, a triangle here. All right, so we have the uh, the underworld is kind of like an inverted triangle. Yes, so... Um, let's say you're kind of at the underworld. That's this like liminal space. And then on the left and the right, that kind of creates a triangle. You have the threshold and the hunter. So there's two ways that you can kind of go from the underworld. And it's like you go both. You go to both simultaneously. So the underworld is a threshold in which you can be reborn. So that's the underworld and the threshold. You know, you've integrated something, And, you know, a part of you, you have left behind, you know, the previous you that was you before you went into the underworld, that's got to go, you know, so you can cross over the threshold and be reborn on the other side. So that's a little bit of stork for you. And then the underworld and the hunter, that's like, that's kind of the sacrifice and perspective I was talking about. It applies to both, but especially with the hunter, because what you do also in the underworld is You again, the underworld is like the parts of you that are lost, unclaimed, rejected. What you're doing when you go into the underworld and reclaim one of those pieces is you're stopping, you know, that cycle of like rejection, you know, unclaimed lostness. And then you come out and you again, it's like an ego death. It's like a perspective death. And then when you come out, you stop that from spreading to anybody else. So that's a beautiful part of the underworld is when you go into the underworld and reclaim like a lost you know quote unquote lost part of yourself, and you know the reintegration of that and the reclaiming of that, that's kind of like the death, so you can send love to somebody else. So what's a good example of that? So if I'm like talking to like a person, just like a random person um and I love to say, you know, we're all mirrors for each other. The mirror isn't here, but that's like just a good thing to keep in mind is that we're all mirrors for one another. Um, You know, let's just say we have kind of the boat. We have the same underworld spirit within us. You know, we both have the same trigger. We both have the same, you know, rejection pattern. So previously to going in the underworld, if someone, you know, said something that highlighted that rejected aspect of myself, You know, I'm like, I'm not actually doing this because I don't throw tantrums, but maybe I'm like throwing a tantrum, like getting all upset, getting all triggered, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, I'm spreading that nuts, like all of that, you know, rejection to that other person. And then it's like one big rejection party. Um, Now we have scenario B, where in which if I went into the underworld, reintegrated that and reclaimed that. I'm not doing that for just me. I'm doing that for everybody else I interact with, you know, because then you become a space holder, you know, for that rejected aspect of self, for that spirit in the underworld. And spirits are quantum too, you know, the same. So that's just saying that the same rejection pattern I have, you can have, you know, at the same time. And it can be literally the exact same like archetypal energy. But if I heal it within myself, What I'm doing is, you know, when I see you and you have the same pattern, I'm spreading the love to you so you can go into the underworld, reclaim it, integrate it and spread love to somebody else. You know, so that's kind of like the the hunter and stork, you know, allowing like a part of you to die, you know, in terms of and that part of you that's dying, that's being released. um, You know, I don't know whichever word that you prefer. It's not necessarily like a bad death. You know, and again, Stork has a lot to do with like the death, underworld, um, underworld Thanatos and the hunter. Um, Yeah. So there's a lot of death energy surrounding Stork. It's not necessarily a bad death, but it's allowing that part of you that thought that something was so bad to die so that you can give somebody else love so you can give somebody else life. And that is Agape. So those are the six cards. Agape, the vision, the pilgrim, the underworld, the threshold, and the hunter. And so, again, all of these cards point to this theme of inner journeys. And again, what you can do for somebody else in the outside world, you know? So that would be the pilgrim. You know, everything I just talked about in terms of interacting with other people and, you know, reclaiming, you know, parts of you that are in the underworld you know, dying so that you can shift your perspective, you know, enduring that sacred death so you can be reborn, i.e. stork. That's all so that you can shift your relationships and shift the way that you interact with the macrocosm, you know, with the external reality. Oh, that's cool. All right. So I believe that's about, that's about it. You know, I'm just, I was like looking at the vision though. Um, Because I feel like I talked about Agape, the underworld, the hunter and the threshold and the pilgrim a lot, Um, but not too, too much about the vision. And what I want to say, you know, about the vision before like actually ending, like you'll know that this podcast is actually ending when you hear like the outro music. Because I feel like I'm like every single time. Oh, that's it. And then I'm just like, oh, no. Or like something comes through and like a guide is like, oh, no, please point out this, you know, one thing. Um, what I would say about the vision is again, the vision is kind of, it's like the catalyst. It's what inspires this entire process is following your vision deeper and deeper and deeper. So as you follow your vision, you learn to love more agape, you know, you're not afraid to cross, you know, as many thresholds, the threshold, you know, you, and again, oh, you know what, as you follow the vision I would say, I was, I think I said, you know, like five seconds ago, I don't even remember what I said, Um, that you're like encouraged or like it's like the catalyst or the invitation is the vision. I would say that's true. But I feel like all of these are also necessary in terms of, you know, following your vision to the deepest extent possible and loving to the deepest extent possible. So. For instance, let's say, like I said, like all the way in the beginning, agape, it's like a battery. You know, it's an unconditional battery. It never stops. You don't have to worry about, again, charging it or like going to a gas station to pick up some AAA batteries to replace the ones like you don't have anymore. No, you know, or like what's worse is like finding a watch battery, you know, sometimes in some places. I used to have like those toys that like required watch batteries and I could just like never find them anywhere. Uh, That's besides the point, though. So Um, In terms of the vision, all of these, the five other archetypes I'm looking at, those are necessary in pursuing your vision in the deepest way possible, you know, in the deepest way available to you. So the vision fueled by love, fueled by agape. And then in order, it's kind of like, so the love is unconditional. The love is there. But you need to take charge and tap into it, you know? So it's always there. It's available to you. But I always love to say love is a choice. You know, love is a choice that you make every single day. And that's going back to, you know, the original point about agape. You know, what is it that you're devoting your life to? You know, really paying attention to that. And that's really, really important because, again, agape is like your battery, you know? So whatever you're putting your most energy into, that's like your battery, And so since love is unconditional, the more you put into love, the more you receive from love. That's where I'm getting at with the vision. All of these. So in terms of agape, those four archetypes, the pilgrim, the underworld, the hunter and the threshold, those are all important in learning how to love deeper. So again, going into the underworld, that's like kind of like the how, you know, That's, you know, what you can do to love deeper, what you can do to cross more thresholds. So that's those three. And then be willing to, you know, engage in those sacred deaths, the hunter. The pilgrim is how you'll know, you know. Again, macrocosm, microcosm, they reflect one another. So if you're shifting how you're interacting with more love and that's the pilgrim, that's the macrocosm, you'll know that you're digging deeper, you know, so the pilgrim, that microcosm, macrocosm, microcosm, that's like a reflection of the underworld. You know, that's like a direct result. So if you go into the underworld, you're integrating, you're learning. And by the way, the underworld is love too. I think that's worth pointing out. So let's look at the underworld and agape. I was like, I knew we weren't done. Um, yeah, let's look at the underworld and agape. Everything is made of love. You know, so there are infinite spirits, infinite... You know, shadowy figures to look at in the underworld and to integrate, you know, that's never done. So, what's beautiful, and that's like the beautiful part about the underworld is the underworld is your opportunity to love deeper, to love more, to stretch your capacity to love and serve. That's your golden opportunity, you know. So, if you want to love more and cross more thresholds, you need to look at the underworld. And then the pilgrim macrocosm, microcosm, that will show you, you know, the result. You know, so when you pass that person on the street, when you are talking to a family member, unless things are like triggering to you or like upsetting to you, that's how you know, you're like, huh, dipped into the underworld, found that love, brought it back. And now it's fueling me in order to follow my vision. You know, so they're all very, very integral parts, you know, being able to let yourself be reborn, you know, going through that threshold stage, dipping into the underworld, seeing it, how it impacts your world those are all important parts of loving deeper so that you can fuel your own vision and the vision is really 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 important the reason i said earlier like the vision is not like purpose it's not like linear it's not like one sort of focus it's it's an energy you know so you know whether you're tapped into your vision or not and the reason it's important is because like i said we all have unique visions You know, we all have unique, multidimensional quantum visions that we can follow. And there was like a period in my life where like the word diversity just kept on popping up. And it's because we just need more. You know, we need more diversity and vision. Everybody has such a sacred vision within them. And the people I'm like that I deeply, deeply admire or I'm like deeply attracted to, like they're all really connected to that individualized vision that they have and what allows you again to go deeper into the vision and find you know the more individual parts of the vision is love you know it's love it's holding space you know for especially i would say looking at the vision agape and the underworld you know learning learning more and more about your vision involves integrating those rejected parts of yourself so um you know what's like a good example so I'm like building my healing. I'm always building it, you know, and things are shifting, you know, within, you know, my own healing practice. You know, I love the decision to, you know, focus, you know, more on like um, on auras and spirit babies, you know, and like using the archetypes as a tool. That's been a wonderful process. How I got there, though in that understanding was looking at the parts of me where I was like, that's weird. Or like, I don't really understand that because those are in the underworld too. You know, it's not just like the bad stuff, you know, or like the shocking or like the deeply, deeply uncomfortable. It's kind of, it's also, it's just anything that you reject by saying that's wrong or that's weird. That too is in the underworld. And so embracing like, you know, whenever I don't even know, it was like years ago. You know, that like the download about like spirit babies and like learning more about that, that came into like my awareness and I was just like not confident enough. So I was like, that's just like weird, you know, so I put it in the underworld and by taking it out, you know, I have more love to pursue my vision to a greater depth. Does that make sense? So the more that you look into the underworld and look at, you know, specific parts of you, that you're like that's weird that's wrong i don't know about that i'm confused by that i don't understand that or i just like don't like it the more you can do that the more that you can love and hold space for those parts the more of the individualized and diverse dimensions of your vision those will come out and i think that's really really cool so that's where i'll stop because then you know the rest of them fall into place you know you have and every single time you do that you cross into a new threshold of self you're The threshold, you're reborn, the hunter, and then you know your macrocosm, your world changes, the pilgrim, boom. All right, great. So that is where I will definitely stop. Um, I don't know if I had to add that like boom in there. I don't know why I said that. All right, so, um, that was great. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, now we're gonna wrap up the same way that we did in the beginning. So we're gonna take a couple of deep breaths, just say thank you. You know, whether it's, you know, to guides, spirits, ancestors, whomever it is, whatever it is you invited in, or just say thank you to yourself, you know, for just taking the time, taking like whatever the hour um, to just share space with yourself in this way. Okay, guys, that's it for today for this episode. Thank you so, so much for sharing space with me. I really, really enjoyed it. Happy waning moon. And if you could, I would really, really appreciate it if you could rate, review, subscribe. That's so, so important in podcasting as I'm learning more and more about the podcasting world. So otherwise, I will talk to you soon.